Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. It's now time for Mind Your Business. And today we're talking about choice. Yeah, that's the era that we live in. TV, of course, no exception. Not only do consumers have endless options when it comes to what we want to watch, you can also decide where and, well, how you want to watch it. In fact, in recent years, the pay TV market has faced unprecedented change. The rise of OTT TV, you know, shifting viewing patterns and proliferation of cloud technologies also given rise to significant challenges. The TV industry is now witnessing the biggest shift in media habits since the dawn of television itself. And this also represents a real opportunity for pay TV providers to build more innovative and sustainable business models for the future. This also brings to a lot of consumers questioning why they're paying for cable and satellite TV subscriptions. So what does the future hold in store for the entertainment industry on this front? On the line with me this morning is George Chen, who is the co-founder, president and CEO of KC Global Media. Good morning, George. Good morning, Elliot. How are you? Very good, sir. And let's talk about KC Global Media Entertainment. You guys are a global multimedia company based in the U.S. What else can you tell us about it? We're a bouquet of four brands across the board. We provide uh, English language entertainment. We have Japanese anime and Animax. We offer uh, Korean content through one and Gem, which is Japanese uh, variety. Um, our English content brand is uh, AXN. That's been established back in 1997 uh, when Sony first owned it. Um, I was part of that team um, when we when we put it together. It was established in Asia. We were born in Asia, and we continue that brand now. Hmm. The company was formed, uh, and you and your partner, Andy Kaplan, um, could you share with us uh, your experience starting this business? I think, what actually prompted you to, to start this company? Back in 97, pay TV was just uh, coming back up, right? And, and uh, there was primarily free TV all around the world. One of the things that we had challenges with when we were over at Sony was that it was a Japanese-owned company. Mm. So in a nutshell, uh, the regulations didn't allow us to, to, uh, to be owned in the U.S. So what we saw was the opportunity to launch channels internationally we started in Asia. So we, we created brands there and then we tried to bring them back on shore or go, go worldwide, but we never were successful in bringing it into the U.S., but we were finding a lot more success internationally in providing great quality entertainment. Countries like South Korea have really been able to take advantage of this new way of uh, entertainment consumption. It's a content hub, if you think about it. How is the rest of Asia shaping up compared with uh, K-drama, let's say? Well, if you, if you look around the world, especially our region in Southeast Asia, you've got to look at broadband penetration. You've got to look at the mobile devices. You've got to look at connectivity, 5G. Those are all the things that, that you have to consider. Now, when you mention South Korea, yes, they're high, they're very, the broadband penetration is mm. ex- extremely high. And you look at per capita income and what they can afford. So the consumption pattern is going to be different than if you look at some of the more emerging markets uh, within Southeast Asia, right? So luckily, we have within our region here 
there are tremendous opportunities of growth. And then there's very, very mature markets where the GDP is really, really high. And you can see the uh, consumption through mobile devices, through uh, connected TVs they are much higher in penetration, right, than, mm-hmm. than your emerging market. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about Korean content, it's not just really in Korea. The, the K-wave has been extremely hot. Korean pop culture is, is worldwide. Just incredible. I mean, you read <laughs> a whole bunch of stats about how the K-wave was supposed to have crashed and something new was going to be coming along. Well, that wave has never crashed. And, and if anything, the Korean content is, is hotter than ever. I feel like when we talk about uh, Korean content, right, and, and we look at our area here in Southeast Asia, what's the potential for markets like India or Indonesia to eventually rise to that level? I mean, in terms of their own content, so Indian content or Indonesian content to rise to that same level of, of Korean content, considering the market share that they have within their own country. Actually, it's pretty high. If you look at in India, Indian content, it, it's widely, widely consumed. Uh, if you Local content will always, always persevere, to be honest with you. So it, across the board, when you talk about how well it's going to be accepted worldwide, mm. then you've got to look at the diaspora going around, around the, the world, right? So the Korean diaspora is not as big as some of the, the other populations like Chinese or you look at the Indian population and all, but the quality of Korean content the stories that are involved there, and more importantly, the production values that they have put together. And I'm not saying that Indian production values or Chinese production values or Indonesian production values are are lower. The storylines and the creatives and then the talent that they have attached to it, the formula that they have established, that's what's caught the wave. And on top of that, then you talk about the pop culture and then you have groups like BTS that's such a worldwide phenomenon and all. I mean, that, that's all of that just catches on and you get yourself the Korean wave, the K-wave. Yeah. And we're all looking forward to Squid Game 2. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, but the, the ironic thing is, who knew that Squid Game was going to be that successful? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk, uh, George, a, a little bit about how platforms like Netflix and Disney Plus are starting to evolve. We have this paid tiers uh, that are set to be introduced, uh, I think, by the end of the year. Um, so I guess if you pay less, it comes with ads. Uh, what are your thoughts on this and, and how well do you think that will be accepted? The consumer has a lot of choice right now, a lot of choice. And we actually, at KC, we, we think the consumer has too much choice. I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm saying it becomes confusing. Um, and I'm also saying that it becomes tiring, which is why for us at KC, we're, and we look at our, our brands, we feel like we're in very good position because people are looking at whether it's Netflix, HBO, Disney, all of their, your various streaming, you, you pick it, uh, you download it, you use it, but then at some point when you want to go see a specific show, if you don't know what brand it's behind because you heard of the title, what we talk about internally is how much friction does the consumer have to go through? How many hoops do they have to jump through? Oh, I need to go see this. I got to go download this app. I got to sign in. I got to do this. Whereas we, as a linear brand, we find the right shows and that's really what our job is. We program the right content entertain our audiences, they can pick up that remote control 
they'll know exactly what time they can see it. The operators have the catch-up opportunities or, or there's, there's some sort of on-demand features that are there, and they'll be able to consume it. So really, in our opinion, streaming is great because the consumer has the choice of what they want to watch, what they want to consume at any point in time, but then too much of it can be also uh, overwhelming, which is why at the end of the day, we feel like we're actually very complementary to all of the various streaming services. We don't look at it as there are competition. Mm. We think we're actually complementary. Yeah, I agree with you because sometimes before sitting down to enjoy a show, I spend like 30 minutes looking at what can I watch today. Um, And on that note, uh, uh, George, with regard to too much choice being available, how does that factor in in terms of so-called manipulation? And what I'm trying to get at is maybe getting more people to review a particular show to highlight attention there and then you not necessarily get it balanced. That's very dangerous, and that's going into area of, of data that uh, I won't, it, it's probably not in my domain to, mm-hmm. to be speaking about because there's, Ellie, you remember the days of, hey, we got to make huge investments. We got to, we have all the data. We have all the data, data, data. This is where we're, we're going to make this uh, acquisition because we're data driven. Yeah. Who talks about data now? They're using the data for whatever they need to use the data for. Okay. They were, whether they were selling the data, whatever they were doing with it. But now when you call it manipulation, that's a really strong word. Now, how they go about marketing their, <laughs> their, their product, <laughs> the person has to go back and look at themselves in the mirror and, and take a look at their uh, code of conduct and, and ethics, right? Yeah, yeah. George, I give it to you. Definitely much more eloquent than me on that one. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Casey Global Media's latest project. Uh, quite an interesting one. It's a sci-fi drama comedy titled Jonesy. Uh, it's co-produced by IMDA. Tell us more about it. Uh, look, we, we're in a development stage uh, of this. It's an internally born idea. What we focus on at, at Casey is we're trying to find local talent. So we have Singaporean talent. We, we, we try to stay in the area. You know why? I'm made in Taiwan. I'm Asian. Mm. Trying to, we, we try to figure out how to use homegrown talent, produce great stories, and put it together. So on Jonesy, it was a project that was presented to us. We were going to make it either way, whether, whether we had um, IMDA or we did not have IMDA uh, involved. IMDA thought that this was a, a, a great genre. We are setting up all of the talent locally and developing it locally. And, and from there, horror, crime, it's always something that has been very intriguing. There's a pretty solid fan base for it. So more to come on it in terms of the development because we're actually working through character developments and, and, uh, and actually storylines. And finally, uh, I want to talk about the future of streaming services. On the horizon, I'm expecting there to be even more of these high-budget, ultra-high-budget TV series. What do you see next for the industry? They're going to continue to produce high-budget TV series, films, and all. They have to. Wall Street, the world expects it. But what I also see is there are opportunities for good, smart, creative storytelling. Mm -hmm. Like what we have done mm. in terms of uh, when, when we did Fay Hollow, we went into the audio route. Podcasts are not new, but podcast was different when we did it. And you said the consumer, the consumer had a chance to select what the ending was going to be. We've got to be unique. We've got to be different. So not everything has to be hundreds of millions of dollars. 
So it's like a touch of uh, interaction also- and gamification in that sense? That's the creative side. Close your eyes. If you love the character, you love the story, we can go into games, we can go into AI, we can go into a whole array of animation. You pick it. And we continue to get spoiled for choice. George Chen, who is co-founder, president and CEO of KC Global Media. George, I appreciate your time this morning. You take care and have a great day. Yeah? Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.